The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. How do you welcome into our Tuesday edition of the show from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington? Game night for John Calipari's Kentucky basketball team. We'll uh, talk about the Cats and more with our lineup of guests on this Tuesday. Keith Farmer from LEX 18 and the BBN Tonight Show. Larry Vaught and Richie Farmer because it is the 30th anniversary of the Unforgettables. Um, I hit that. I hit Sean Woods with that last night on the Cal show when he joined us. And Sean, of course, is bringing his Southern University team in. So uh, since we had Sean on the show last night uh, with Cal, uh, I reached out to uh, Richie to come on and just talk to us a little bit about those uh, days in 92 and also uh, about Sean, one of two coaches that uh, came out of that group, John Pelfrey being the other at the Division One level of college basketball. So that's our guest lineup for today as we roll into the Wildcat News of the Day, presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. And Coach Cowell said on the show last night that everybody's back in practice and that Davian Mintz doesn't appear to have lost much conditioning for the several days that he missed. So we should see the, the full complement of players for the Cats tonight, and then uh, if that can stay in place for a while, Cal can start to hone in on the uh, rotation that he wants. Uh, as he still is, you know, talking about experimenting. He was uh, talking about, you know, using Bryce Hopkins at the four spot uh, a week or so ago, and then most recently was saying, well, maybe we could use Toppin and Hopkins at the three some. Uh, he did say that that Hopkins, I think, still bothered a little bit by a back issue, so everybody's back, but uh, not 100% for this game against Southern. It's the first installment of the Unity Series that uh, Kentucky is doing. Five-year deal to play teams from the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC, uh, made up of uh, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, and Southern is the first opponent for Kentucky in that series. Southern is 3-5 and five on the season. Opened up with a 72-60 loss to Louisville. And last night, I don't know if you saw this score, but Texas Southern out of the SWAC upset number 20 Florida 69-54. to Before that game, ranked SEC teams were 51-0 and against schools from the SWAC. So uh, quite an upset for Texas Southern last night. And um, both teams, uh, Southern and Kentucky, visited the National Underground Railroad Freedom Museum up in Cincinnati. Uh, both uh, Sean and Cal talked about that and how impactful it was for their players. Uh, Southern and Kentucky did play in the 1988 NCAA tournament. It was at Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati. I remember covering the game. Uh, Avery Johnson, the former Alabama coach, was the point guard for Southern. Kentucky had uh, you know, the backcourt of Rex Chapman and Ed Davender, and it was just too much for Southern to handle. But saw a clip on KSR of the uh, telecast, and on the call on the uh, NCAA, they, they uh, farmed out the early round games to regional networks. 
and it was Tom Hammond and Mike Pratt on the call. Uh, so you can look that up and see a uh, a uh, very young Mike Pratt on the call there with uh, with Tom, and um, I'd uh, I'd completely uh, forgotten that uh, Mike was uh, on that game. So we'll talk with him a little bit about that during the broadcast tonight. Um, but Kentucky won won that game convincingly over Southern the one time they met in the NCAA tournament. So that's the matchup tonight. It's at uh, seven Eastern time. Coverage will start at the UK Sports Network with the pregame show at 5.30 with Dave Baker and Jack Goose Gibbons. A couple of other notes. Uh, John Sumrall had his introductory news conference as the new head coach at Troy yesterday, and a couple of things came out of that. First, he will coach the Wildcats, in the uh, his linebackers, in the Citrus Bowl. Now, he's going to be working a lot at Troy in the interim, but he wanted to come back and coach his guys in the Citrus Bowl game on New Year's Day against Iowa, try to help Kentucky get a 10th win for the second time in four years. I I loved hearing that. I I think that's great when coaches do that. I think it's certainly possible to do two things. You can uh, work for your new school, but you can at least go back and finish the deal with the guys that you asked to give you everything. Um, and, And so John's doing that, and kudos to him. Uh, for uh, doing that. He can uh, do his uh, work for Troy and um, get things rolling there, and he's going to pick up a lot of Troy fans from the state of Kentucky, and then uh, he can go back and be with his guys for the Citrus Bowl and hopefully get to celebrate a victory. And uh, wide receiver Tavion Edwards out of Virginia Tech is in the transfer portal. A couple of Catspaws riders are predicting he'll pick Kentucky. Uh, of course, Kentucky just lost the commitment out of the portal from Taj Harris of Syracuse, but this would be a uh, an excellent replacement for the Wildcats to land. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our Wildcat News of the Day presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. You can go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com and get gift cards for those hard-to-buy-for folks on your list. Giuseppe's will mail them out to you, or you can go pick them up at their drive through window. And while you're on the website, check out that menu at Giuseppe's of Lexington and then uh, make a reservation to go out for dinner after a day of shopping or after a Wildcat game or some uh, fantastic pasta or fresh seafood or steaks and uh, enjoy the live jazz music to accompany your meal. We'll be right back with Keith Farmer on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Sixteen past the top of the hour as we welcome in Keith Farmer to the program. You see him on BBN tonight, Monday through Fridays, the BBN Game Day show on Saturdays, and of course on LEX eighteen. And Keith, the Cats are back on the court for the first time since a week ago Monday. One more tune-up game, but this one's got a little different slant on it with uh, Sean Woods involved, right? Yeah, I think it's so cool to have him coming. It's, it's pretty neat how they've had you know. Tony Barbie coming back. You got Sean Woods coming back tonight. Later on, we got Tubby Smith. I mean, so it's been pretty cool when it, you look at the schedule that way. Um, and, and I think Sean, you know, I mean, for him, he's done it before. He's been to Rupp with Morehead State to take on Kentucky. And so I think it's fun for him to be back. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him yesterday. I went to their shoot-around. And I said, what do you think about when you walk into this building? And he said, I just look up. And so I guess he wants to make sure his jersey's still up there, <laughs> you know. But but he thinks of all the good times they had and everything, so it's pretty neat. 
Pretty cool for his players to walk in there and then look up there and see their coach's jersey hanging in the rafters. Yeah, I think if you didn't have respect for him uh, before, you probably do now after after seeing that. And I, I, I know you know knowing Sean, he probably you know, I don't know, know if he pointed it out, but maybe he had a manager or somebody else pointed it out. You know, <laughs> Kentucky is going to have its full complement of players. Uh, other than you know, C.J. Frederick, who's out for the year, but um, yeah, sounds like everybody's back. I mean, how crazy is that? It's like they've, you know, it, we just haven't seen this in a while, and, and so it's good. And, and I hope everybody is, you know, totally totally healthy. I mean, you'd like to see everybody have the chance to play as many games as they can this year, and um, you know, more than anything, the guys that were sick, um, you know, getting through that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, see how much they play, especially Davion Mintz, see how much exactly he will play and how they ease him back into it. But, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be fun to see. And, and, and uh, as you pointed out, it's one of those last, like Coach Cal calls it, a tune-up, so it's a good chance for them to get in and get a few minutes and, and ease back into it. Between now and, let's say, February, where you're making the, the stretch run to the tournament, um, and, and if you don't have a, you know, a strong opinion on this, that's fine. I just wonder if there's anybody that you think uh, can you can see making the biggest jump in terms of their impact on the team, minutes, etc. So obviously it's not going to be you know Wheeler or Sheboy, the guys that are playing a lot now, but whose role could change right. uh, the most significantly between now and uh, crunch time? Well, you know, again, maybe a little unfair with, uh, with Davion, being out, so I mean, obviously he can make a, a, a huge jump um, only because of that, and because of what we've known he's done last year. Uh, but I still keep pointing towards uh, Dante Allen. I, I just feel like if the consistency can be there, and it doesn't have to be him scoring 14 points like he did. It, it just needs to be him coming in and hitting a couple of threes to, to spread out the defense and to play some good defense uh, to spell some minutes for somebody. Uh, I feel like he can be one of those guys. And then I think I also have to look at Lance Ware because, yeah, he has the biggest opportunity. I mean, he's got, he's the guy that can come in when Oscar is, uh, you know, tired or when Oscar is in foul trouble and can really put some good minutes in for this team. So, you know, maybe I lean more towards Lance being that, that first guy. But then again, I think Dante really has a chance to, to, to play some great minutes, he buckles down and just you know just thinks about helping out for a short spell instead of you know trying to be a man you know that's going to come in and play so many minutes and put up so many points. Love to see him and uh, Kellen find their uh, shooting eye again. You know they're going to you know yeah. the shots they'll they would you know make sixty percent of just shooting out there with uh, nobody guarding them. But uh, sure. they've both been cold lately. Yeah, you're right. That's true. I mean, Kellen had that one breakout game, and he's had a couple where he's been, you know, just into double digits. But I feel like he has a chance to really uh, break out as well, um, you know, because he, he definitely has the, the shot. I, I think where, where I see him struggling a little bit is just, um, you know, he had to do so many things um, when he was at Davidson. He had to shoot and drive for layups, get fouls. And now I feel like they're they're relying on him to be more of a, a jump shooter, and, and I think he's trying to adjust to that. You know, maybe if he just drives a couple of game and, and gets that that feeling and that touchback, then um, he can start opening up his shot a little more. Talking with Keith Farmer from LEX 18 and the BBN Tonight Show. Let's shift to uh, football. 
Uh, what's your take on the uh, matchup with Iowa in the Citrus Bowl? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's an NCAA basketball tournament, right? Where they, <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, who could we match up that would be a nice little storyline? And uh, you know, but I think it's great, and I think everybody seems to be taking it in stride uh, after listening to the press conferences and everything. And so it's going to be a special time for Coach Stoops to see, you know, the black and gold on the other side, and. Coach Ferentz to go against the Stoops. I mean, I think it really is a neat storyline, and I think it's a. I'll tell you what excites me about the matchup is a lot of times you get those where you see teams come in that maybe aren't so excited, especially if they've lost a, a conference championship game. But I don't see that with either of these teams. I think Kentucky wants so badly to get to ten wins again, uh, to, to to win a fourth straight bowl game, and then I think you got an Iowa team that yeah they got beat in their conference championship game. But I think that you know they're trying to get to 11 wins, and, and I think they still see a lot to play for, and they see an SEC team across the field and, and want to beat them. So I, I think that's going to turn this into a pretty good game where both teams are really fired up to play in it. I think you're exactly right. Freddie and I were talking about that uh, on the show yesterday where this is going to be uh, one of those perhaps somewhat rare bowl games other than the, the biggest ones where the uh, the teams, both teams really – want to to be there and their players yeah. uh, are really you know thinking about the importance of of winning and not just kind of playing out the string i mean heck even in some of the new year's six bowls you get uh, situations where you can it's clear one team doesn't want to be there <laughs> true yeah yeah that's that's solid and, and so that's what's what's uh so exciting for me and you know for kentucky to be in in, in a florida game like you said and, and just outside of uh, one of the major bowls. I think they're still, you know, trying to build this program to to where they can one day be up there in the year six. Yeah, I mean, they were right there on the fringe in in eighteen. You know, if they had yeah. uh, beaten Tennessee this year, uh, they'd probably, you know, they would have uh, had a uh, a great shot to get in there. I think it would have been close. Um, yeah, and I'd love yeah. to see. Um, I think we're getting to the point where, with the way it's work, you know, getting with bowl games. Once you get, you know. Uh, down the down the line a little bit, it's you know the the, the bowl game you know the significance of, of a lot of bowls is not that great. Um, the ones you know at the top tier and, and just outside the New Year's Six like this one are are still you know I think more meaningful. But I am just uh, ready to move on to a twelve or maybe someday sixteen team playoff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean we've watched um, you know one double A slash FCS do it for so many years and i just think any of the excuses that anybody comes up with of you know making it you know at least eight teams uh, i just feel and, and you're always going to have somebody left out so you know it doesn't matter how many teams you put in I mean, we look at a field of 68 every year in basketball and somebody's left out so uh, you know i just feel like you can really give more teams a chance uh, at the end of the postseason, uh, of course, I don't know, you'd probably have to shorten your regular season, which is something they probably don't want to do. Um, but I just feel like, I feel like, you know, you could really have a chance at, at finding, um, giving, giving teams a chance. I mean, I think we're seeing the, the good teams are making it in, in, it seems like, uh, for the most part, thankfully Cincinnati got in this year, so they're getting their shot. Um, but I don't know. I feel like we really. I would like to see it expand. Keith Farmer, LEX eighteen, the BBN Tonight Show, and BBN Game Day on Saturdays. Thank you, sir. All right, Tom. Take care.
It's the Leach Report for Tuesday. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. Larry Vaught coming up next on the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Welcome, Larry Vaught, into the program. Larry, let's start with a little football. Uh, John Sumrall introduced as the new head coach at Troy yesterday, and um, one thing uh, that he talked about was still he's going to be coaching the linebackers for Kentucky in the bowl game. But he also uh, did something that I just saw you put out a tweet about this that was uh, very touching for uh, Wildcat fans, anybody associated with the Kentucky football program, when he talked about John Schlarman. Yeah, John Sumrall is just such a special guy. I think his press conferences and, and all yesterday certainly illustrated that. But when he talked about stopping at Troy on his way through there in 2010 with his wife because he wanted to stop and see John Schlarman, and and John Sumrall broke down just trying to talk about John Schlarman, and I thought it was just a terrific tribute that uh, that he gave to. John and just reminded us again, uh, all all of us again about just what an impact John Slarman had on so many folks and, and will for many many years to come. And it's uh, I think it's really kind of cool what Mark Stoops has built here, in, and it's all about the, the culture where it's important for John Schlarman to come back and be with these guys in the bowl game, and it was important for guys like Josh Allen and Benny Snell to play in the bowl game at a time when the other players might have sat it out. Yeah, I was trying to think and, and find if there had been another case where and recently where an assistant coach had became a head coach and then stayed back to, to make sure that he helped his former team in, in a bowl game. And, and I don't remember what I mean. I'm sure it's happened. But, but again, and for John, when he talked about it yesterday, how much it meant to him I mean, there, there's no way it could not mean a lot to this team for, for this game because you got Mark, the Mark Stoops Iowa angle, and now you got John Sumrall going to spend time when he could be completing his staff, recruiting, thinking about next year he's going to come back because he wants to help this this team get a tenth win. That, that, that just says a, a lot, and, and I sure would think they'd have any players opt out now. Time would be hard for a player to opt out after they see what John Sumrall's doing. True, Larry Montez will be right back on the Leach Report. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. It's the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shop. And select Clark's Pump and Shops are carrying the uh, new book that Mike Pratt and I have out on our 20 years with the U.K. Sports Network. Uh, so look for those at uh, Select Clarks here in Central Kentucky. Also, uh, Kentucky Branded is carrying them. Uh, the Joseph Beth in Lexington, uh, UK Bookstore, uh, Reed Spotted Newt in Hazard, where we signed on Friday, and uh, uh, other the other major booksellers. And it's online at Amazon. So appreciate the uh, response so far. Larry Vaught's with us from Vaught'sViews.com and uh, Your Sports Edge. Dot com and you were at the uh, Marshall County Hoop Fest last weekend, uh, and I see where there's a, a big man from uh, the uh, the team from Arizona that was down there that Kentucky's showing some interest in. Yeah, yeah, John Calipari and Jay Lucas came down to watch 
Johan Traor, a 6'11 uh, young, young man who's been in this country about a year, came over here from France, played the second half of last season at Prolific Prep in California, and didn't really get to play a whole lot, transferred to Dream City in Arizona, the same school where Aaron, uh, Aaron Shaden Sharp was going to be playing. Thought he was going to be Shaden's teammate, and then, of course, Shaden ended up uh, uh, deciding to reclassify and be on the Kentucky roster soon. But Cal obviously has interest, or you don't come to Marshall County to watch one game for somebody you don't have interest and he he was a pretty impressive big guy. I'll admit, I didn't know a whole lot about him. I went back and looked, and he's got over, I think, around 25 offers now from a lot of big-time schools. Handles the ball well, runs the court extremely well. It was one of those strange games, Tom. He he didn't make an F, a three-point shot that he took, but every one that he put up looked like it was going in. So his, his form and his touch, it all looked really good, even though he didn't make one while Calipari was there. And I think he's got a... Big time interest in Kentucky doesn't have an offer from Kentucky yet, and I think with with Kentucky right now, it's probably with the coaching staff trying to decide: do we want want to try to go all in on getting a high school big, or do we want to wait? The transfer portal's been so good to us, and see if we just can get a, a, a big that we know more about coming out of the transfer portal in the spring, and maybe the, it also will depend on what. They feel like Oscar's going to do as far as coming back or being gone. Yeah, and uh, you know other guys too. You know, Damian Collins. Uh, you know, I know he's projected in the draft. So any time guys are projected in the first round, you don't feel too optimistic about them being back. But um, you know, let's see how his how his year uh, develops. And um, it's the one thing that you know, just reading about this young man um, that and Cal always wants to have doesn't have as much of it on this year's team as the shot blocking uh, presence just to, um you know, his his defensive style is all about you know not trying to go for steals or everything is just make it really tough to score on and then get the rebound and run the other way yeah and, and there really wasn't a whole lot of shot blocking that he had a chance to do of course he's got a a, a big teammate that, that does that uh, pretty well too but he, he certainly has the touch and the ability to do that, and that's something he talks about that, that he that he likes to do. And he's a pretty positionless type guy, I think, that can do different things. And with the way he runs the court, you can sure see him fitting into Calipari's system really well. Now, he's not as big and physical as Oscar, or at least not yet. But from what everyone was telling me, the, the transformation he's made in the last five or six months, what they think he'll be like by... This time next year, he could be a pretty physical guy in a year or two. Kentucky basketball team returns to the court tonight against Southern. And then starting Saturday, they go to Notre Dame. And then they've got Ohio State out in Vegas. And then they've got uh, Louisville. Um, and so it's a stretch of, of three games where my sense is, I know I feel this way, where you're, you're eager to see them get tested again at a higher level. Yeah, I think we're all ready to see if the tune-ups worked and yes. what it did or didn't do for them, even though with all the guys that they've had out for various reasons, I guess these games helped in some way in the fact that maybe guys you weren't expecting to play quite as much as they did got a lot of minutes. But as far as John being able to figure out what's the best rotations together, you probably hadn't really had a chance to do that. But 
yeah, I, I know you and Mike are ready to see them play some really good competition. I think a, a trip up to Notre Dame and uh, Ohio State, a team that's been kind of up and down, but when they've been up, they've been really, really good this year. And we remember what happened the last time Kentucky played Ohio State in Vegas and then to come back in the home game with Louisville. So I, I, nothing against Sean Woods and his team tonight, but this this guy, he's kind of ready to get on to Saturday and see what they're going to be like. You said uh, Ohio State's been kind of up and down. Who hasn't been up and down to this point? <laughs> well, see, that's, that's Iona beat Alabama. Up. Alabama beats Gonzaga. Texas Southern beats Florida last night. Yeah. It, and Florida beat Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. I, I, I was saying beside Jay Lucas at the, at the Hoop Fest, and we were kind of keeping up with the Alabama-Gonzaga game, and uh, they were just kind of smiling as they were watching the score. Then a little bit after that, an Iona assistant coach came in to watch a, uh, a couple of players play, and I was asking him about Alabama. He said that uh, they were very glad they had their win over Alabama and wouldn't want to have to play them again and try to do it again because he said that they just, Iona played exceptionally well, but that Alabama was really, really good. They just kind of caught them at the right time, and that them beating Gonzaga didn't surprise him, he said. You know, you look at the uh, SEC, Missouri is uh, struggling. Um, you know, South Carolina got dusted by Coastal Carolina. Vanderbilt's, um, you know, um, I, I don't think not going to scare anybody too much. But, you know, Georgia and Ole Miss both beat Memphis. Now, it's starting to look like that's maybe not as big a deal as it looks on paper. <laughs> Uh, Texas A&M supposed to uh, projected to struggle, but you know, the top half of this league certainly is going to be loaded. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of a, a strange league, Tom, that the top half is going to be really, really good. In the bottom half, you're going to expect the top half to beat them every time they play this year. Yeah. I, I think it's and, and but we all know going on the road, even those bottom half, there'll be some, some of those teams will find ways to win some games at home, but yeah, I think the top Five, six, maybe seven teams in the SEC are, are going to be really, really good. It's going to be fun to, to watch this year. I agree. I think it's uh, going to be leading into what should be a really fun uh, SEC tournament in March. It's uh, yeah, it's great to have crowds back in arenas, and uh, you know when it, when a game gets good to uh, feel all of that energy again. And um, you know, I think it'll be a big crowd. Out in uh, Vegas, certainly for the two games uh, out there in the CBS Sports Classic, but we expect a good crowd on Saturday up at Notre Dame. Yeah, I've, I've been at Notre Dame a couple times, and it, it's a terrific place to go if you're if you're a fan and get a chance to go. I think just the experience of getting to look look over the Notre Dame campus and go to that arena, and they redid it a few, a few years ago now. But it, it, it's a nice place, and 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 usually their students are pretty passionate up there, and it makes for kind of a tough atmosphere for the visiting team, and that'll be good for Kentucky, I think, to get a true road game like that before you get into Southeastern Conference play. I think it's something they need, and I'm really anxious to see, especially how does Tata handle this compared to how he handled the neutral setting of the Duke game. How has he changed and progressed since then? So that's one of the things I'm most anxious to see. Just looking here, Ohio, uh, Notre Dame, they're struggling at, at the moment. They've lost three straight, but they um, will they will have not played a home game in front of their fans since the 16th of November. So they yeah. would be quite charged up, I would think. Yeah, not exactly the same schedule Kentucky's had, is it? <laughs> no, it's true. 
Uh, yeah, they've uh, played, uh, let's see here, they've lost to, the last three losses came to A&M, Texas A&M, Illinois, Boston College, uh, and they also lost to St. Mary's. Um, so all the, the teams from, you know, the stronger leagues that they played, they have come up short against. But uh, in fairness to them, none of them were on their home court like this one will be. Larry, thank you much for the time. All right, hope you hope you don't have any snow up there when you go next week, Tom. Well, if it's spitting snow, that's okay. It'll feel normal. We just don't want a lot of snow. I'm going to actually go see the football stadium. Um, always tried to get in there, and I never could. So uh, uh, getting a connection to give us a, a little brief tour before shoot-around on Saturday. So that'll be fun. Well, good deal. Thank you, Larry. All right. You can read him at vaultsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com. And he joins us every Tuesday here on the Leach Report. Served up. By Wild Eggs of Lexington. Richie Farmer coming up next. It's the Leach Report with you Network. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. 13 away from the top of the hour here on the Leach Report, and we are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You know where to find them, in Palomar and in Hamburg. Uh, We were at the Palomar location yesterday with uh, Freddie Piggott for a Monday morning quarterback show. We bring Richie Farmer onto the program. Richie, how's it going? Going good, Tom. How are you this morning? Doing well. Your buddy Sean Woods uh, did a little double take when I hit him with the 30-year anniversary of the Unforgettables last night. Seem like it's been that long. Oh, oh my God! Has it been thirty years? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, this is the thirtieth anniversary season. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that, but I guess you're right. Uh, that's uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun, right? Absolutely. Now, two of, of the guys from that group um, are uh, coaches now, Sean and Pell, down at uh, uh, Tennessee Tech. So, did you see those guys as coaches when you were playing with them? Uh, yeah, you know, actually, um, both of those guys, um, you know, indicated while we were there, um, you know, they would, uh, be around the coach's office and, you know, talked about, um, uh, that they would like to get into coaching when they were done. So, uh, not surprising that, that either one of them went into coaching. You know, that uh, season, we were uh, reminiscing about this last night with Cal. You may have some memories of this game because, uh, he, uh, brought UMass into play, that you guys that season uh, during the non-conference portion of the schedule in December, and then of course you guys uh, played again in the tournament. Yeah, I, uh, you know they had a really good team. I can remember they had Will Herndon, and, uh, I, uh, kid named McCoy. I can't remember, you know, some of the some of the guys, but I know they were a really good team, and that's actually, I think, who we played just before the Duke game. Exactly uh, at yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, we beat them in the in the. Uh, tournament there just before we played Duke. Uh, Sean was saying that uh, you and, and Darren are going to be there tonight, and uh, I think he said Derek Miller had stopped by practice. Derek was going to be there, so it's going to be a, a little bit of a reunion tonight. That'll be fun. It is. My, I'm um, I'm bringing two of my sons. Or uh, we're going to go up and uh, go to walk through with them here uh, this afternoon, and uh, you know we're going to go to the game tonight. But uh, I think any time that you know we have a former cat coming back, it's always good to to get back. And you know, especially in this situation where he was a teammate of mine, 
Um, you know, we always wish them well, but, uh, you know, obviously everybody knows where we stand when it comes to where our heart is. Coming off the, the probation uh, and going into that season, uh, your all's uh, last season, um, yeah. you know, what, with what that team did and how special a place it, it still has in the, the hearts of the BBN, did you guys have a sense of that while you were living it in, uh, back 30 years ago? Well, um, you know, I mean, things were a little different then, but, uh, you know, the, the previous two years when we were on probation, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, when Coach Petito had gotten there and, uh, you know, the first year that he got there, uh, a lot of people thought that we may not win, but maybe five or six games. And, uh, you know, that first year we were 14 and 14 and uh, we won all of our SEC games at home. And, you know, to be honest, the, the, fans were as much a part of that team as we were um you know we felt like uh, that they were very much a part of what we d- were doing and um you know they were they were a big part of our team and it's you know it's kind of like uh, uh when we played in rup uh, it really got loud back in those days i can tell you that i uh, remember that uh famous game against shack and, and lsu in uh, that first season in 90, yeah. uh, you know, if you're talking about the loudest games in Rupp Arena, uh, that's, that's one of them. That's, I don't know what, what, I don't know how exactly you rank them, but that's probably got to be in the top five. Well, it's definitely in the top five. I mean, uh, there, there were times, uh, that, uh, you know, Rupp Arena in those days would get, uh, would get so loud that you, I mean, you really couldn't even, uh, I, I used to use the analogy, you couldn't even hear yourself think, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, the crowds were just unbelievable and, you know, there's, there's nothing like the Big Blue Nation, as you know, Tom, and, uh, you know, they're very much a part of what, uh, what this team accomplishes. There's no doubt about it. Everybody loves winning. So that's a, a always a big part of, uh, you know, connecting with a team, a certain team connecting with a fan base, but also just, I think Kentucky fans love, uh, players that just give everything that they have that play so hard and that you know seem to enjoy playing too and you see them you know smiling and having having fun doing it you guys right. were like that and uh i think there's some of that on, on this year's team uh, you know an oscar Shibway is one of the best examples that's already connected with the fans just from how hard that he plays and fans love that well um you know that, that's one thing a lot of people a lot of times uh, people give uh, the big blue nation a hard way to go and think that they're, you know, just fanatics. But to be honest, they're one of the most knowledgeable fan bases uh, in the country. So um, I can tell you that they've seen a lot of basketball and they, you know, they really appreciate when somebody comes out and gives it everything they've got and plays their tail off. And, you know, I think that that's, uh, that kind of endears you to the U.K. fans. They like somebody that's going to come and give effort. You know, there's going to be nights when the shots aren't falling. There's going to be nights when, you know, you, it's just not your night. But uh, there's no excuse not to go out and play hard. Give me a quick take on this year's uh, team, what you've seen so far. Well, um, you know, it's. It, I think it's going to be an exciting team. Uh, you know, we have a lot of offensive weapons and uh, – uh, I, I, I was listening to you guys a little bit earlier. You know, it's kind of been a little frustrating because we haven't had the full complement of players. But uh, you know, I think finally everybody's starting to get healthy, and and I think it's been good to, for them to be able to play in some different kind of roles. That you know, if everybody had been there so far this year, that maybe they wouldn't have got gotten to do. So 
Um, you know, I think Cal's got a chance this year so far to play a lot of different combinations and try to see, you know, where guys are going to fit in and just how it's going to be. But, you know, I'd like to see uh, Grady get going a little more, try to get him some more shots. And uh, But it's going to be interesting when we have our full complement just to see how good this team can, can be. Grady's the one name you hear a lot, I think, from uh, from fans and uh, even media people that you, you, you I think we all believe there's a lot more there. Well, um, you know, any time uh, that you, that you have scored over 2,000 points uh, in college, <laughs> you know, that's a sure sign that you know how to put it in the hole and uh, that you can play. So, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, him finding his niche in the offense. And, and uh, you know, the, the one thing I've been really impressed with, this group seems to be really unselfish. They play for each other and uh, – you know, sometimes I think uh, I think at some point uh, Coach Cal will try to try to run some sets and try to get Grady a little bit more involved because uh, you know you can just watch him when he shoots the ball. Uh, you you think it's going in every time, and that's that's the sign of a good shooter. Richie, appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the day, and we'll see you tonight. All right, thanks, thanks, Tom. That is Richie Farmer, one of the unforgettables, one of his. Unforgettable's teammates, Sean Woods, leading his Southern University team against Kentucky tonight at Rupp Arena. We'll be right back to close out this edition of the Legion. Congrats to Dane Key, the future, <coughs> excuse me, future Wildcat wideout from Frederick Douglass High School. You see the Kentucky Football Coaches Association has named him the Class 5A Player of the Year. Coach of the Year in 5A is a former Wildcat, Dennis Johnson, from over at Woodford County. This day in 1957, one of the most famous shots in Kentucky basketball history is at Memorial Coliseum. Near the end of the second overtime, Kentucky looked like it was beat, and Vernon Hatton launched a 35-footer to send it to a third overtime, and Kentucky beat Temple 85-83. It's a famous call by uh, Claude Sullivan. Um, should have pulled that up and uh, played it for you. We'll do that on the anniversary next year. Um, we remember on this day, of course, everyone who uh, lost their lives defending uh, the U.S. at the attack on Pearl Harbor, a day that will live in infamy, as President Roosevelt said. And uh, we will see you tomorrow on The Leach Report. Whenever you miss a show, and be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page.